Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include mentions of apocalypse, disaster, and descriptions of a refugee crisis. Arc 3, Episode 1, Lovers and Thieves, from The Essential Rumi by Rumi, translated by Coleman Barks. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. Ribbit leads the four of you away from the sandy shores of Bacchanalia Beach. Dominating the horizon before you are the spiraling towers of Rasso, ginormous pillars of stone and cement where much of the capital's denizens live, work, and play, each one hundreds of feet tall, their jagged spires piercing the purpling sky as honeysuckle afternoon gives way to sinister night. But as Ribbit leads the four of you through the rocky grasses and sprawling settlements of Rosso's outer fringes, the towers draw into closer focus. There are eight of them, one for each god, but many of the towers look broken, dilapidated, holes blasted into their sides or cracks spiderwebbing through the stone. Three of the eight towers are missing entire floors off the top. Canvas tarps, ladders, ropes, and other signs of construction are desperately stitched to the size of these broken towers. And even now, from your distance and at this time of day, you can see people sitting in harnesses dozens of feet into the air, working hard to repair the damage. 
By way of explanation, as he leads you through the outer settlements, Ribbit says, The cataclysm hit us hard. We thought the towers were going to crush us all. But they held. Mostly. Now we're just trying to rebuild. Ugh, not everyone was so lucky, though. And as he says this, the four of you pass by a devastated neighborhood. There's a huge crater in the center and the broken remains of homes scattered nearby. You see people squatting over fires and temporary shelters erected from wood, tarp, canvas. These are regular people, families with children and pets, couples, older folk with nowhere left to go. You see a long line leading out of a tent where volunteers wearing green robes ladle soup and bread into bowls. And all four of you recognize these volunteers as members of the Children of the Chrysalis. And as the four of you pass by this scene on your way to the towers, what do you do? Oka will kind of lean toward Ribbit and asks, What happened here? Uh, earthquake? Oh no, this was one of the towers. The top fell during the cataclysm. We're still rebuilding. I know it's been a few months, but there was so much debris everywhere. We thought the sky was caving in. I believe that crater, and he indicates that huge crater where it's, that's sort of like the epicenter of all this devastation uh, that destroyed quite a few buildings. A lot of people died. Even more had to be relocated. So comets, the, no earthquake, the towers just started falling. The ground shook. Uh, I thought there was it was going to open up and swallow us whole. We didn't know where all the shaking was coming from, and then we realized it was underneath our feet. It shook so hard that the towers began to crack and splinter. Uh, and he, he sighs and points at a, a nearby tower with a huge chunk missing. You assume that's the chunk that like fell down and created this huge crater. And he says, uh, that's the Tower of War. Do I feel anything when I look at it? Like, from Vanash? Yeah, Oka, as you look up at this tower in the distance, I think, it's probably like a like 100 feet away, right? So it would have taken quite a mighty explosion for like debris to shatter from 100 feet off. Uh, but yeah, as you look up at this tower, you realize that um, there are streaks of red, like stone painted up the sides, as well as like black obsidian inlays, as well as like golden veins of like glittering light. Um, and yeah, as you look at what Ribbit called the Tower of Rage, Vinash within your shattered soul, Oka, seems to stir, seems to recognize it as a uh, site of worship for him. What do the rest of you do? He wants to go hang out with the Chrysalis folks. Okay. Uh, so V, you cut away from your group that's being led by Ribbit toward one of the central towers and you make like a you walk perpendicularly off toward this ruined settlement and you approach uh, members of the chrysalis are you trying to cut in line here or are you just going to try to come up from the side and talk to them uh i think just cut up from the side Okay, as you get closer, you see like there's several volunteers wearing these robes. They look very similar in terms of like earnestness and exhaustion uh, from the volunteer members of the Chrysalis that you saw in Dabathati, who were also ladling soup and giving out free food, basically operating as soup kitchens, right? Uh, in the devastation caused by the cataclysmic fallout uh, in the Republic of Talmud. But as, as you approach these members of the Chrysalis, one of them turns to, to, to greet you and says, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry, but the line starts back there. 
Oh, no worries, friends. I'm not here to get uh, to use your resources. Uh, I just see you look like members of the Chrysalis. Is this correct? Oh, yes, we are. Uh, certainly, you've heard of us. We've been in the championship for a few weeks now, just trying to do the Chrysalis's work, you know, spreading the good word, making sure everyone's taken care of after the old gods abandoned us. Let's see, that's very noble of you. I, I was just curious, friends. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but did you sign some contracts before you did so? Well, of course. Wow, that's I because you see, I too once signed these contracts. It was really an interesting experience. I back in the Talmud, it was I, I got to meet Adam. Did you get to meet Adam? Adam? I'm not sure the name is familiar to me, but you are a sister of the Chrysalis, are you not? And I think this is like a pale white, like Loxodon person, like whose trunk is like laid over their heart in a gesture of goodwill to you. Uh, please, you must throw on a robe and, and help us. Help these people oh. who can't help themselves. Well, actually, friends, I renounced the chrysalis completely, and V speaks very loudly at this point. I renounced the chrysalis completely because I have found them to be an extremely fraudulent organization filled with nothing but vileness at the very top of the institution. And if I were you all, I would run as far away from these people as possible. Or go ahead. There's just a few of these folks. There's many of you. Take their food. And basically, I'm trying to start a riot. Okay. I feel like that's going to take a role of some sort. Does this also count as your monologue about the situation at hand? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Um, yeah, I think that counts. That was a monologue. Okay. So, V, I'm going to need you to make a persuasion role as you try to incite a riot with your words. <laughs> sure. Hold on to me. I will do the roll. Ooh. Now I just gotta see what my... Turn my back for two minutes to look at a tower and V's busy trying to make people steal soup. 23. Okay. Uh, that is not quite enough to make everyone riot and, like, break shit. Uh, but it is enough to get a few people to be disgruntled. As you say this, a couple people in the line say, Yeah, why do we gotta line up for food anyway? And, and why do we have to gi give blessings to some god we don't even believe in in order for us to get your food? This is messed up. Scott and Nectus. Scott and Nectus. Scott and Nectus. People start chanting. And I think the Chrysalis people are going like, no, wait, that's not what we want. Oh, hold on. Uh, and the white Loxodon woman, amidst all the chaos, is starting to bubble, right? Scott and Nectus. Scott and Nectus. And I think a couple of uh, members of the crowd surge up to you and they start to hoist you up onto their shoulders. Uh, and you're hoisted up above the sea of people and they're all chanting. They start throwing rotten fruits and stones uh, at members of the chrysalis while other members of the crowd move forward to shield shield the members of the chrysalis so it seems like they're pretty split down the middle 50 50 here with your 23 all right uh while this is happening manaya and dewey what did the two of you do i think manaya before this all happens i think Manaya wants to make the, the comment of to ribbit how when she grew up in ohanahi she heard stories of the towers and how grand they were and Give an apology to Ribbit of how far they have fallen, and well, this is the first time we've seen them, and feel like this. But uh, maybe like a, a, towards the end of that spiel, Manaya turns around and is like, "Yes, and I'm sure we would all like to see what the towers would have looked like." By the gods, V. She was right about to get up in this conversation and turns around. 
and he looks at Manaya, looks back, and he starts yelling, Scott and Nick, Scott, and then he makes his way over to V and tries to pull her down while chanting. Oh my god, I love that. That's so funny. Uh, so yeah, V, you feel little feather fans, uh, hands come up and like grasp you and try to pull you down from, from the heads and shoulders. And this white loxidan woman uh, who had these robes on is like looking at you with her like crimson eyes, right? And her like trunk is still stroking over where her heart would be. And she says like quietly, like over like the din of everyone chanting, like this is just to you. And you hear her say, you will pay for this, sister. Not many walk away from the chrysalis unscathed. And then, like, she, like, disappears into the crowd. <laughs> she, like, backs off, you know, and, like, gnomes and halflings and humans search forward and, and, and take her into the crowd. Uh, so, V, as you are hoisted back down from the shoulders of these cheering populace, what do you do? Just looking around, these are all, like, these are all refugees. These are all people who look pretty on hard times, right? There's... No one here who looks like they're very well-to-do, correct? Yeah, this, <laughs> if you're looking for your next target to pickpocket, uh, these people might not be the best. You might just pickpocket, like, mothballs and old dirty coins. So, yeah, in, in that case, uh, V is just going to be like, Skaldenectus, Skaldenectus, and just follow Dewey back to the party and sl slowly, like, die down and just be grinning as she joins the, back to the party. I love that. So as V and Dewey are born back to the party, Oka, how are you reacting? I think maybe there was a funny moment where, or not a funny moment, but a mo like a, a, a moment of, uh, what's it called? A narrative foil where uh, if the Loxidon woman is like touching her heart, Oka is also kind of like touching their chest, you know, as they feel like Vinash stirring, like something happening. Uh, and then they kind of like blink out of whatever like reverie as like the, the chant goes up and they like turn, you know, they turn. Uh, and as V finally approaches, they're like, glad to see that you're taking this Paragon business seriously. I just think if you're going to destroy one cult, why not start another cult to fight that cult? I don't know if I would quantify. And then, okay, kind of just like looks away. Um, uh, have you had your fun? Are you, are you done? I mean, uh, I have, let's continue. And suddenly V looks very dejected, like she's in trouble. I think we've had our fill of causing riots and hurting people in places we aren't from. Hey, I wanted those people to get access to food and resources. Why should they allow this cult to gatekeep them? Listen, I, I know, but... Let's... Let's just go. I'm sorry, Ribbit. We sh let's just get to the towers. It's okay. I mean, Atalanta does have her hands full of just problem after problem. I mean, these, these cultists are definitely one, but hey, they're providing food. They're providing medicine and help, and we need all the help we can get. Uh, and on that, Ribbit hops through the rest of this shattered neighborhood. Uh, and leads you to one tower in particular. But before we get there, yes, Oka. Uh, I think on the way, uh, Oka kind of like hangs back with V maybe for a second, and then they kind of like sling an arm over her shoulder and go, Scott and Nectus, Scott and Nectus, uh, before like dragging her away a little bit. I love that. Uh, so as you are led through this capital city now of Rosso, like closer and closer toward the center, 
Dewey, you would know this, but I don't know if the rest of you would. Rosso is divided into eight neighborhoods. Uh, each one is known as like a uh, blank plaza. So for example, the War Plaza is the name of the neighborhood where uh, Yudabathi's tower is. And that tower isn't called Yudabathi's tower, though colloquially it can be referred to as. Um, it is called the War Tower or the Tower of War. And the Tower of Thread is the one for Nitbuza, etc. And these eight towers are sort of scattered all throughout this capital. So they're not clustered close close together. They're like like spread throughout the capital. Uh, Ribbit leads you to the Plaza of Risk and Reward, uh, which is the central area of the capital where the tallest tower is. And all four of you see now this massive tower of risk and reward sitting upon a raised stone dais with huge marble stairs and ramps cutting up and leading toward it. I think like Lincoln Memorial, right? Like the steps leading up to it, but like even bigger. And as you crane your neck up to look at this tower, you can't see where it ends. The top of it disappears into the oncoming looming darkness. You see circular landing discs fanning out at 50-foot intervals around the tower, spiraling up like leaves jutting out from the stem of a flower. You also see an exterior ramp, maybe 15 feet wide, wrapping up the entire length of the tower like an inverted lighthouse, right, with no banisters or railings to speak of. Uh, finally, you see these huge gilded entryways made of bone and horn interspersed around the base of the tower, like the many entrances into like a Roman Colosseum. And warm light spills out from the many glass windows glittering up the sides of the tower. And as the hour grows late and the last of the light begins to leach away from the sky, people start to return into their homes, retreating either into the flatter buildings surrounding uh, the Risk and Reward Plaza or into the Tower of Risk and reward itself, which Ribbit is hopping up the stairs of, leading you toward. What do the four of you do? How does this tower look in comparison to the others in terms of damage? This one has also been damaged, but based on like the construction, the active construction that's happening up its size, it seems to have been prioritized over the others. What about the rest of you? Uh, what are the what are like the people around this area? Like, what are they like? Yeah, like what's going on people-wise around here? Sure. Uh, it's really interesting. As you're looking at the tower and that huge like out, uh, ramp and staircase wrapping up the sides, you see people like jogging up and down it. Like they're having an evening jog, you know? Uh, and some of them are jogging really close to the edge. And they're like 25, 50, like 75 feet up, right? You see other people, uh, they're like bringing in... Um, they're they're weeding their like outdoor gardens. There's like a couple, uh, and you see like a couple of them like calling their kids to get back into their homes. Uh, this part of Rosso definitely seems to be the most rehabilitated. You can still see signs of damage, like old scorch marks and like dents that have been plastered over, right, with like uh, new masonry. Uh, but overall, like especially compared to the outer neighborhood that you just came in from, from the Plaza of War, Plaza of Risk and Reward looks pretty okay, and the people here seem a little bit more well to do. Is it primarily residential then? Yes, uh, the buildings around the base seem primarily residential, though you do glance a couple of shops uh, and specialty stores here and there. Uh, you, Dewey, would know, and I think the, it, this comes to you naturally, the rest of you, a lot of the commerce and community seems to be in the tower. So there's a lot of, this is not just a huge apartment building, but the, there seems to be like gambling parlors, like inns and taverns, like all the way up. 
That's really cool. I love the design of this. Yeah, I think Oka would, you know, is has never been here before. This is this entire like Rosso is also on top of the lake, right? Like so basically like we we keep going over like bridges and stuff like from the lake. Is that true? So Rosso, the capital city is on Clothau Island, which is a huge island in the middle of Ingear Lake. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. I was yes. a little confused for a second. Um, that sounds good. I think Oka is, you know, kind of doing like spiraling steps. Like they're just, they're like looking around in every direction a little bit. Uh, a little overwhelmed. Firstly, because I think we haven't been around pe like this many people in a long time. Uh, since basically since we were in uh, Dabathati uh, and they've never been here before. This is a brand new place to them. So they're like trying to get their bearings uh, and are a little overwhelmed, but it's also beautiful. So they're like, you know, looking up at it, like, holy shit. Totally. Uh, Manaya, Dewey, how are the two of you taking it in? I think Manaya is doing much of the same as Oka, but not as much. I mean, being from Uahanahi, there's definitely a sense of, because she's from the capital, a sense of grandeur and tallness, I guess, to the island as it's built into the side of the volcano. And so I think she's still looking around, uh, definitely looking up, but keeping an eye on the party. And I think maybe she like grabs Oak and is like, whoa, 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 watch where you're going. Watch where you're going. And yeah, they're like I about think... to step into like a crack or something. Yeah, totally. And they like kind of like bump against her, you know, and they're like, oh, shit, thanks. Uh, and they, and, but then they immediately like, you know, start looking around again. I love it. How about you, Dewey? Uh, Dewey's doing the thing where he... I mean, he's seen this. He's been here before. Um, he's doing the thing where he's walking and kind of just like confirming that, oh, that's still the same. That's changed a little bit. I can't tell what. Um, that's still the same. And so he's diligently following after Rivet. Um, and also at the same time, I think instinctively kind of like ducking and weaving because it's a busy place uh, and there are people all over. So yes. he kind of forgets that the rest of the party might not be following <laughs> right behind him. Totally. Yeah. All around you, there's like people milling up and down the stairs, mostly up though. People are eager to retreat back inside as night, the starless night is drawing close. Uh, and you see like fires being lit like all across the island um, as you get higher and higher up on the steps so you can sort of get a vantage point. Um, it seems to be like pretty, pretty similar to Dabathati, like they will keep the, the home fires burning as the night rolls in and protect their streets, right? Uh, from presumably the strange, horrible beasts that have spawned uh, that are ravaging all, all parts of Endake. So Ribbit leads the four of you through one of these huge grand entrances. You see like uh, a pillars made of horn, right? Like spiraling, like, like the huge gaping mouth of some predator animal as you stride through this entrance and inside the Tower of Risk and Reward proper. It's a massive space in, inside. You almost like can't see the other end uh, of the base of the tower because it's so huge. It's like its own like mini, mini town in here, right? It almost doesn't feel like you're indoors because it's so vast. And all around you, this is like the central, this is the ground floor plaza. You see like shops, uh, clothing stores, boutique shops, specialty stores, like general goods stores, like fishing stores, etc. all over, like scattered ab about the ground floor. But a lot of them look like they're like drawing down shutters and they're closing up their windows and like closing up for the night. Um, and also scattered about, you see, I don't think any of you but Dewey would know what they are. You see like uh, lodestones or like little mini raised daises. Uh, sprinkled about at intervals. Some of them look closed down and they actually have a what's it called? Like a 
not like barriers set up around them and like signs posted in every language being like do not enter uh like magic defunct like no more magic etc uh around these lodestones uh, and uh, quite a few people are are lining up behind several other like little raised dais platforms and each platform seems to have an operator uh, a nabalian person almost like a guard uh, dressed in the colors of scott and nectus um and as you notice, you see one person like step up onto the lodestone, like holding like their their child's hand. Um, and the operator like moves their hands. A glyph appears underneath the child and the parent's feet and boom, they're teleported away. And the people keep stepping up. This seems to be sort of like a fantasy like elevator system <laughs> with like elevator operators who can like cast magic, right? Uh, so Ribbit is leading. It's going, ah, oh, well, let's see if we can get through because I'm I'm an official uh, assistant to the championship. Excuse me, coming through. It's Ribbit. Excuse me. And this little like tropical grung, old, old grung man starts like shoving through, like cutting in line for the four of you, basically. What do the four of you do? Uh, I think Oka nearly fucking jumps out of their skin the first time somebody like evaporates. Uh, but then it's so like, it's so normal that they're like, oh, okay. They kind of like, Look at Dewey. Uh, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? Elevators? They're so you don't have to walk, you know? All the way up? You're a madman. Do you know that? Like, like, like yeah. a madman. Uh, and I think they're a little like, they're kind of like tentatively following Ribbit as they like, as we're approaching the, like, they don't. They don't trust like that. They don't want to be evaporated. <laughs> I love that. I would give you inspiration, but you're already full up. Uh, yes, Manaya? I wanted to ask Ribbit a question before we approach the crowd inside. Okay. Uh, Manaya probably, I think, tap, uh, walks up next to Ribbit uh, and asks, So, Rosso is on this entire island, right? So there must not be many creatures in the night. Uh, you'd be surprised. Instead of uh, monsters attacking the capital proper, it's all sorts of weird anomalies, magical, I don't know what to call them. The other day we had just a, a storm made of fire, just fireballs were raining down on one, one sector of the city. But yeah, we're mostly protected from monsters, though they do sometimes crawl out of the lake and try to get us. Uh, it's not really great for Bacchanalia Beach, but... Uh, Bamba's pretty good at keeping us safe. Mm. Is that all? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, how about V? How are you responding to this? There's tons of people everywhere. Yeah. Um, let's. Is there someone perhaps browsing some type of shop who looks particularly affluent and perhaps ripe for the picking? Uh, yes. Why don't you make a perception check to find a good mark? It has been a hot minute. It has been. Um, I'm going to use one of my... Charity. It's for charity. I'm going to use one of my luck points to re-roll. Oh, wow. I forgot you took that feat. Yeah. So I got a 16. Okay. A 16. I will give you two choices. One of the shopkeeps currently closing down shop is sort of like a, a portly lizard folk person with like a big belly, you know? Uh, they've got like this mm. big tail. Sort of look like Barney the dinosaur a little bit. Like they're purple. Um... And they're like pulling down the shutters and they've got like these huge sacks of like bulging coins, what you assume, like attached to their waist. And they keep checking it, you know, they keep like looking at it, but they don't seem to have any bodyguards nearby. 
and the other person that draws your eye is on the other side so like across like very far away from barney the dinosaur let's say um and this person seems to have been like a gem shop person and they're like locking up their gemstones for the day and like putting them inside a chest and this person is a dwarf what do you do v um barney the dinosaur (laughs) what what does uh what's around him the purple lizard folk yeah there's people milling about him but he he's about to well rather they're about to like pull down the shutters to like shut down their shop but inside the shop it looks like a general goods store and they also have like those coin pouches attached to their body Okay, perfect. I'm going to go to the purple lizard folk. Okay. And before they close down the shutters, uh, he's like, Oh my goodness, sir! What's the person? Person! Oh my gosh, stop what you're doing! Oh, oh my! Is something wrong? I am going to cast a brand new spell. Oh boy! Animate <laughs> objects! Animate objects! <laughs> okay, how does that... Okay, describe it. Um, I'm going to, to choose 10 small non-magical items in the shop to come alive and start. I can give them commands. And uh, let's see. I'm going to cast it. I love this spell so much when I found it. Um, so I'm going to cast it and just scream, start pushing things over. And it's going to seem like maybe I'm talking to the lizard folk, maybe, but I'm actually talking to the objects. To just basically tell them to start causing chaos in there. Start pushing, making a mess. I love that. uh, So hopefully, the idea is hopefully lizard folk will turn around, see everything, start freaking out, and I will have a time to take either some of the gold or the bag of gold or whichever. Okay, I think they're like halfway done closing the shop when you shout that. They look so confused. And then like, bang, crash, bang, boom, snap. As like brooms and shelves and bottles and chests like rise, like jerk to life and start like smashing shit. You know, like you see like a a trunk like tip over a shelf and a shelf get up and tip over the trunk, you know. Uh, And Barney the dinosaur goes, what, what, no, what's happening? I don't understand. Another rat infestation, no. And they like, they... They pull the shutter back up and they start like unlocking the door to be like, whoa, oh no, my goods. And they look thoroughly distracted. V, what do you do? I am going to attempt to take the gold or whatever I can grab. And at the same time, sort of do a performance of like, let me help you. And I'll just scream stop at everything. And so hopefully one hand is putting stuff behind me while the other hand is out forward and... Hopefully the creatures all the objects will all stop and listen to me. And I want that moment where all the objects like turn and look at us and then like slowly turn back and go to their places. Oh my god. Okay. That is gonna be a charisma sleight of hand check. Perfect. I love both of those options. Are you sure you want to give me both of those options? Yes, yeah, so that it's is... make your base charisma score plus your proficiency bonus with sleight of hand if you have it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use another luck. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use a personal point of inspiration. Okay, I'm going to take that off the board for you. Okay, there we go. Uh, What'd you get? 30. What? <laughs> 19 plus 11. Um, so That's is that like, our first 30? When you say charisma plus my... 
sleight of hand. You're talking about my two like best bonuses. Yes, I am. Okay, a 30. That is like higher than Tiamat's armor class. That is like a legendary feat of performance. So V, tell me, how is this like will be sung in the annals of like heroic like thieves forever? Like, what do you do? Monologue, monologue, monologue. So it begins V sprinting in slow motion, be like, and while that's happening, her other free hand with the little diamond palm is reaching around, grabbing the thing. She, she has to untie it. Meanwhile, this hand is slowly extending and grabs the pouch before it can fall. Reaching around her back, so boom, and everything's just gonna stop. And there's just gonna be a moment of everything is calm. The objects look up, and they all turn to the lizard folk for a moment. And for a moment, are they going to turn on him? Are they going to oh do God. things to him? How are they rebelling? Um, so, in that time, in that brief moment of pause, she's gonna finish strapping the gold pouch to her behind uh, the back of her belt and then quietly she's going to mutter everybody go back to where you came from and they're going to do every all you see like the 10 objects affected <sighs> and they turn they if they can if they're incapable of moving they actually do levitate that is part of the spell so they might just levitate go back to where they go they turn to be right-facing, whichever way they're supposed to face, and with a dejected sigh, ah, and V turns to our new friend and says, that was a close one, friend. I have not seen that phenomenon in over 50 years, but I think we were able to stop a potential tragedy today. What phenomenon? What was that? They call it a hint of the dragons. And there's mythologies that dragons used to be able to put their spirits into objects and make, when the times was right, they could use those objects to come alive and take out those who would seek their treasure. So someone would steal all of the treasure and then run away, and then the treasure would come alive and bring vengeance upon the dragons. And these objects must have at some time thousands upon thousands of years ago must have belonged to dragons. And here we are today. Again, I haven't seen this in 50 years, but today is the day that they decided to bring vengeance upon their dragon owner, or from their dragon owner. Well, goddamn, spank me on my hiney and call me Scott, you mar- mar- magnificent bastard! You've saved my livelihood! How can I ever repay you? Please take the clothes off my back! Please! I am simply a humble servant of Scald and Nectus. Scald and Nectus! Uh, I am just trying to help do what we can here to prevent any harm coming to the citizens of Nabal or, you know, the capital city. So please just take this as a gift from Scald and Nectus themselves. Well, you... God damn, national treasure. Here, take the deed to my store. Uh, and this <laughs> lizard folk person reaches into their jacket pocket and hands you the deed to their store. Excellent. My first 
my first duty is to hire you to manage this shop. You're doing such a good job. Please manage. Absolutely. Take please give me your forwarding address so every month I can send you a little bit of money from my store as the owner. All right. Um, and V is going to give uh, the address yes. of, of Dr. Aluso, okay. I guess. That's the only <laughs> Congratulations, V. You're now a business oh owner. Uh, yes. She's finally made it. She's finally gone down the, the, the right path. Doing real business here. Capitalism and here is V becoming textbook capitalist. Okay. Wow. What a series of roles. So you've swiped 500 gold from this person. Uh, so you can write that down in your, in your inventory. Shit. And now you also own a small business uh, inside this tower, which will generate, give you passive monthly income. <laughs> <laughs> what is life right now? Uh, so on that, I think uh, we go back to Manaya, Oka, and Dewey, who I'm going to ask the three of you, have you seen this? Have you witnessed this? Or are you busy taking in the tower? Uh, I think... Uh, if and when o uh, V comes back, Oka is like, I can't believe you saved that shop. Like, if she performed that well, right? Like, I can't see through a fucking, fucking 30 performance role. Oka's like, wow, things really are hard. You, you, you did good, V. You did good. And, and they're, like try they're still trying to knock it any closer to the loading stone than they have to. You know, I'm just... I'm just one elf trying to do good in the, and then dock it. That's all. That's. And meanwhile, V's like checking her bag of gold. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, V's face <laughs> is like, holy fuck. Uh, Manaya Dewey, how are the two of you responding? You're always so quick to notice things going wrong, huh? It's and a sharp. Gift. It's yeah. a gift. I'm always very, very perceptive, even though I'm not. And so is that bag of giant bag of coins also a gift how did this get here <laughs> i didn't have this few moments ago well i have it i might as well keep it but i put it like in my pack manaya how are you responding i can't think of a response so i'm just gonna say that this is all happening while manaya is asking rivet about what's happening on the island okay yeah ribbit has like yeah ends with oh and then of course there are the people disappearing by the coast oh there you are uh, as as V comes back and Ribbit's like, I, we were wondering where you were. Come on, we gotta go up to see Atalanta. Are you ready? Is there maybe a a, a a ramp or stairs we could we could take maybe instead? Atalanta is on the three hundred and ninety fifth floor. <laughs> it will take you two days to walk that high to get past all the magical barriers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well. Suppose we'll see you in a few days then. Stop, I can be brave. Mm -hmm. uh, and Oka, like, I think they maybe kind of like, like, maybe like, kind of side, like, almost sidling behind Manaya a little bit, you know, like, you go first. <laughs> hey, you've been teleported by V before. I can't possibly be more dangerous than that. What are you saying? My, my teleportation is very safe. You should have you didn't see the watermelon incident. And then V just trails off. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. The wizards of the towers are very competent, okay? Uh, 
We have had to shut down a couple of the lodestones, though, because unfortunately, several of the wizards have run out of magic. But that's just how it is, I guess. Uh, and Ribbit like cuts in front of the crowd, in front of a line. There's like a a, a little like I think Aarakocra kid who goes, "No fair!" But Ribbit goes, "Life ain't fair, kid!" Um, and shoves past them, gets up onto the dais, and flashes a badge, uh, with like the like a golden badge with Scott and Nectus like their symbols carved onto it, and shows it to like the nearby wizard. Will you remind us again, Connie, what the symbols of Scott and Nectus are? And you mentioned their colors earlier, too. I'd like to hear. Oh, yes. Uh, so the symbol of Scott and Nectus United is a fist uh, holding the bagpipes and like playing it. So it is usually seen as like the fists represent Scott uh, and the bagpipes represent Nectus. This badge has that on it. And this badge is just golden. I don't think it has the colors of Scott and Nectus on it. But the outsides of the tower would have their colors. Uh, which I am going to remember right now. Uh, red and purple. Red and purple. <laughs> I'm glad I wrote that down for myself. Uh, so Ribbit flashes the badge to this like wizard who's this sort of like, I think like older, like Leonin person, like with like a grizzled mane and like a, a graying muzzle. Um, and they're holding like a thin, like silver uh, wand. Uh, and they go, okay, Ribbit, are these four with you? They sure are. Beam us up. You got it. And they start like muttering something in like Nabalish, uh, Dewey, which you would recognize as like an incantation for like safe travels and getting to the 390 like fourth floor. Uh, and they like spin their wand in the air. And as all four of you like settle down in the dais, you can hear like a boom, 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 boom. Uh, as the bottoms of your feet light up with like a glyph, like bursting into golden light. And then all four of you feel a very peculiar sensation as your molecules disassemble. Uh, and the ground floor of the Tower of Risk and Reward whisks out of existence. And then your molecules reassemble on top of a different dais. And this room is a lot more empty. There's like no one here. You're beamed into kind of a dark uh, antechamber, let's say. And it's smaller, too. It almost doesn't even feel like the same tower, right? You're like, how could like this be the same place that we just came from? Uh, but you see all around you, this sort of feels like the foyer to like a grand mansion is the feeling here. You see like oak walls uh, and you see like old like oil paintings like scattered all around like the, the walls, uh, the rounded walls of this chamber. And uh, if the four of you would like to roll a history check to see who the portraits are of, you can. While those rolls are being done, I don't think Manaya is going to look at the portraits. Her first thought is... All right, I was just taken apart and put back together. I want to make sure everything's there. Okay. Uh, so she's like patting herself down, making sure she has her axe and everything. You, um, I and love then that remembers, um, I got shit in my soul too. So she like closes her eyes for a moment and is like, and thinks, Princess, you still there? Did you make the trip? There's like a long silence. And then you hear the princess go, I'm just kidding with you. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Oh, you almost thought I was gone, huh? Oh, maybe that was a little too soon. And for that very uh, funny, I think, check, uh, you can get a point of inspiration, Manaya. Oh. Oka got an 18, but I but I think similarly, they have like a few different things going on with their soul, right? Like it's not empty, God taxi. Uh, so I think like as they like reassemble, like not as, so like not as solid as Manaya, they're kind of like frantically padding 
at the front of their shirt, you know? Uh, and maybe if Vinash is still in there, like a few, like, just because they're stressed out, like a few, like, little, like, red sparks would, like, jump off their skin a little. What a great description. Thank you. Uh, so Oka got an 18. Dewey V? Dewey got a 16. I got an 8. Okay. V, looking around, these paintings just seem to be of, like, a random assortment of people. They're all painted in the same manner, very dignified. But the backgrounds are different. The staging is different. The people, they don't seem to be related in, like, any way at all, like, shape or form. But there are always two of them in each painting. Dewey. These are the champions and regents of ages past. Oka, uh, you recognize the previous champion and regent. I don't know if you recognize anyone else, uh, but hanging on like the nearest wall to you is, first of all, is Bamba. You see Bamba there. And I think they're, because Bamba is the current regent. Uh, and the background here is like a beach background, right? Uh, and like Bamba is like surrounded by a cloud of bees and seems to be in the middle of laughing. And they're standing next to a tall, very serious looking Triton woman. Uh, and she has this like dark blue skin. She's wearing tough leather armor uh, and gills that sort of flare on the sides of her neck and long flowing green hair, the color and consistency of kelp. And these two pearl white horns spring from her forehead. She appears to be a tiefling triton. You also recognize the two people in the previous painting, Oka, and you can tell me how. Uh, one of them is, I think all four of you would know, is Quicksilver. Uh, the Rianti man, though in this one doesn't have a cowboy hat on, uh, though does have like that like quick draw, like a uh, weapon strapped to their waist. And this painting is staged very intimidatingly. Like there is like a, a throne of bones, uh, like slick with blood uh, that Quicksilver is standing next to and sitting on the throne of bones and gore uh, is a, what's it called? Um, a Felis who is like a small cat-like person, like smaller than a tabaxi, think like Puss in Boots, right? Um, and they've got like midnight black fur. Do you mean Scourge from Warrior Cats? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I can't say Scourge because of IP reasons, but yes, Scourge <laughs> from Warrior Cats basically is like sitting on top of the throne and like licking their paw. And they have like leather armor on and like two daggers strapped to their waist. And you, all of these, I think, are like, uh, all of their names are like lettered in Nabalish. Oka, you can't read the Nabalish, but you do know the name of the previous champion, Bloodthirst. Right, of course. Bloodthirst. Bloodthirst. Okay. What, um, actually, what kind of uh, rule did Bloodthirst and Quicksilver hold over Nabal? Okay, with your role, I can answer that one question for you, uh, which is a tyrannical one. They, like, ruled the championship with, like, an iron fist. And because of that, they were, like, extremely divisive. A lot of people really liked how tough they were, um, and a lot of people didn't. And, like, the general consensus about this, like, if this were on, like, an examination, like, is that, like, they were, they were tough, but they got shit done. They, like, passed a lot of laws... And like they, they persecuted a lot of what they would call criminals. Cool. I think Oka lingers at the paintings for moments before following, I assume following Ribbit uh, down the hallway. Yes. Do the rest of you follow Ribbit as Ribbit goes, come on, come on, no time to waste. 
Yeah, V like took a moment to try to look at the things. I was like, meh, and then walked towards Ribbit. Okay. Manaya, do we? I think Manaya, after checking in with the princess, uh, mentally gives like a physical, uh, audible sigh of relief. Um, and then maybe gets a little behind and like scurries up a little bit. Okay. Dewey? Dewey's walking like, he doesn't like the sensation of being teleported, but eh, it's happened before. So he's following Ribbit, uh, looking up at the portraits and they all look really scary. So he like glances at them and then like looks back down and follows Ribbit. Literally scared of a painting icon. It's a throne of bones and gore. <laughs> I don't want to look at that. Yeah, it's very intimidating, and it it, it, it strikes a chord with your with your cowardly heart. Um, the four of you follow Ribbit down one of several hallways that branch off from the central atrium, and Ribbit leads you down like a marvelous like padded hall uh, with columns again of like of horn and bone that seems to be sort of like the architectural design here, uh, interspersed with like uh, pillars with like fruits bowls of fruit like on top as well as like potted plants and ferns etc like hanging from the ceiling um and then you pass by a section uh, of this hallway where the ceilings and the walls are translucent and all around you is water and it's like an aquarium and you see fish like swimming all around you you see like huge like sharks also like making making their like way around town um like even like like a small whale and like turtles like a family of turtles like swimming this various schools of fish and Manaya, because you're a sailor, sailor, you would recognize many of these fish, and none of them are, like, just Nabalish. Like, you recognize a couple of Uhan fish, like rainbow fish, you know, and, like, Uhan turtles. And then you also recognize, like, a couple turtles from, like, native to, like, the court, you know, etc., etc. This seems to be, like, a menagerie, like an underwater menagerie. I'm assuming this is the room with the regent, or the champion in it. This is more just like a uh, like a hall that you're still going down. Okay. But then it suddenly opened up into like an underwater like viewing chamber. Uh, Manaya audibly gets sort of a disgusted look on her face to displace all of these sea creatures into one place just to look at. Why would you do that? And she doesn't say anything out loud, but it's... No, 100%. I actually really like that reaction. And you notice that a, a, quite a few of these species are like endangered too. Like, they're very rarely seen in the wild. Uh, so, as Ribbit, like, jumps, you know, forward, uh, they say, Oh, yes, this was one of Atalanta's projects uh, to help preserve uh, endangered species all across Endake. It's a passion project of hers that she'd had to put on hold after all this shit. Anyway... Uh, and the grung continues hopping down the hall until you enter another chamber uh, where there's a door. A big gilded door made of just bleached white bone and like these beautiful like pearl handles. All right. Are the four of you ready? Yes. I guess so. Under her breath, she, she's going to mutter, Skaldan, Nectus, Skaldan, Nectus. Manai's going to like hit her on the arm a little bit. Just like gently, and uh, then look to Ribbit and nod. Okay. Then I give you Atalanta, champion of Nabal. And he throws open the door. The doors swing open. And I need all four of you to make a deck save. Love it. 18. 
20, non-natural. 26. Shit. <laughs> it was a 14. natural 19. 14. Okay, all of you... All of you are fine except for V. Uh, as a huge cabinet flies through the air and crashes at the threshold. And V, I need you to take... Uh, let's see. Uh, eight points of bludgeoning damage from the, the exploding shrapnel of the cabinet. That's karma. That's karma. Yeah. And nothing else happens, just that. Uh, <laughs> maybe with that's the, 20- the end of the episode. Uh, I think with the 26, uh, maybe Oka, like, is just, like, turning around to be like, hey, are you, like, you know, like, are you all ready? And they, like, turn and step at the same time as the cabinet just goes by. <laughs> Like they st- they sidestep right out of in front of where V was. I... That's really funny and cute. I think uh, everyone the cabinet just hits V and that's it. Just smashes <laughs> into V and V. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Great, my lowest <laughs> eight. You are smashed prone onto the marble ground as splinters of wood crack around you. Uh, and as you're reeling there, Manaya, Oka, and Dewey, the three of you see the champion's chamber. Uh, it looks very much like a throne room. Uh, there is a literal actual throne at the end of this chamber on a raised dais, because I love raised daises. Don't at me. Um, and there's currently Atalanta sitting on the throne. She looks exactly like how I described her in the painting. Like she just stepped out of it, right? Uh, And she's currently kneading like one side of her temple with her like thumb and index finger and looks extremely frustrated because three of her advisors are fighting. Uh, You see a very exhausted, bearded, halfling person duck uh, as a human has thrown a cabinet uh, over their head with like a huge bulging arm full of muscle uh, while like an older gnome woman sits nearby and just sips tea. Uh, And your entrance, I don't think, has been noticed uh, because the human's currently shouting at the halfling, you're an absolute Idiot! If you think these chrysalis wackos deserve more help than the people at our southern borders. I'm just saying they shouldn't go unchecked, okay? Who knows what'll happen if- Hey, hey, hey! And the human person, like, like wrenches up, like, another cabinet and prepares to throw it. Uh, I love that this person's weapon of choice is cabinets exclusively. <laughs> um, Was that it? Was that your contribution? I, I feel like maybe there's a moment of like shocked uh, uh, like silence and stillness. And then Oka's like, wait, hold on, hold on. You can't, like, you can't throw cabinets at people. Uh, and I think they would probably like uh, run in and try to like kind of like grapple this person from behind. You know, just go like, hey, 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 stop fucking throwing things. Make a grapple check, Oka. So that is uh, going to I- be an athletics check. I think at this, uh, Manaya's like reaches for Oka to stop, and then looks back at V and is like, Damn it. <laughs> and then and goes to try to lift the cabinet off of V. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so Oka, make a grapple check. That's gonna be athletics. Yeah, and they're like, your fucking cabinet hit my friend. Uh, as they roll a, oh dear, I'll use an inspiration, a uh, eighteen to grapple. Okay, that is sufficient. Describe to me how you restrain this person. Uh, the, Oka is very familiar with the with the body, so to speak. 
uh, and all the blood inside it. So I think they just kind of like, like as this person's like wrenching up the other cabinet, they hook one arm in the elbow and like pull back. Uh, and then the other arm just like across their chest uh, to kind of just like hold them there, like from the back. And they're like, the least you could fucking do is apologize and stop throwing things. Hey, 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 what the hell? Who did you? Guards! Guards, kill this assassin! Kill this assailant! Uh, and I think upon that, like, guards step out from behind, like, pillars that are holding up this room, and they're, like, holding, like, spears, etc. Um, and at this point, at this point uh, in the chaos, Atalanta raises a hand and says, Enough! And silence falls over the hall. The guards pause, and the human person, like, stops thrashing, you know, and the halfling person sticks out a tongue, uh, like, very, like, vindictively at the human person, and Atalanta says... <laughs> I hate to see the three advisors to the championship behave in such despicable ways in front of guests. My apologies, Ribbit. I wasn't aware that I had another meeting after this. Uh, I'm so sorry. This is last minute on the docket. Uh, these four, you see, they won the derby out in the court, and they're here to seek an audience with you, my champion, and on that, I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> I rip it turns and hops, like, out of out of the room because they are, they do not want to be on the receiving end of this chaos. And Adelanta goes, is that so? And the human person goes, but, my champion, we're not done talking about resource allocation. Uh, Amar, you and Yang and Zora, why don't you Stand off to the side and let me receive our guests, and we can go back to our conversation when this meeting is done. But fine. Unhand me, you Cretan. The Cretan unhands them. <laughs> uh, as Amara lets you go, Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and especially V, how do the three of you respond? I mean, did I get the cabinet off of V? The cabinet is completely smashed. Uh, it's just bits of cabinet wood everywhere, and I think V is, like, winded on the ground. Okay, uh, Manaya's tending to her, but uh, as soon as she's, like, confirmed that she's okay, uh, Manaya turns to the champion, probably still in a kneeling position, and does a Nuhan salute, because it's the only salute she knows. Okay. Is there, is there like, a Navalish uh, bow of respect of some sort? Yes, you would be aware of this custom, Dewey. What is it? I think it is like a... Uh, like a uh, fist. Kind of, what? Like, like a fist for, uh, for Scott, oh. right? Yeah. Um, it's sort of like uh, you're holding one wrist with the other and you're extending it so your hands are like facing up. Um, and he bows his head as well. Cool. And finally, V, as you're recovering from the bird spinning about, uh, on top of your head, uh, what do you do? V's going to be slowly getting up thanks to help Manaya helping her up. And she's just going to sort of cough and be like, Scott and Nectus, and like lift up a fist. Uh, yes, thank you. Please, please. Enough with the formalities. Uh, come in. Uh, and I think two guards step forward and they like close the big uh, pearl-handled uh, doors behind you uh i guess oka is the closest to her to atalanta at this point uh so they turn uh and they incline their head uh a little bit uh champion uh, uh 
we are the uh, the bone breakers, I think. And they kind of like look over their shoulder. Uh, Manaya's. Yeah. Really we are cool. not the bone breakers, <laughs> um, but what we won the bone breaker race. Um, we have a we have we we have a few questions for you, and I think they're actually kind of like nervously like fiddling with the end of their uh, sash, like even though they just like disarmed the guy throwing cabinets, they like suddenly seem to be a little nervous under her gaze. Uh, at this, noticing that Oka's struggling a little, Manaya steps forward um, and says, uh, "Champion." Uh, we are we are uh, members of the group that won the derby. We and we are here for an audience with you. But let us make it clear that we are not here for the secrets of the next championship. What is this called? Championship championship games? championship challenge. Championship. We're not here for the secrets to the championship challenge or to learn the deepest darkest secrets. No, we're we're here to help. The cataclysm has affected us all and. We may not be much, but we're trying to do all we can. Aren't there supposed to be seven of you? Uh, the others might find a different time. They got rather caught up at the beach, I think. Uh, yeah, I think the bone breakers are like still partying. <laughs> you like left them behind. They like don't care about this anymore. Um, Atalanta goes, I see. Well, <laughs> this is unexpected. And all four of you feel this way? Okay, nods. You're not going to see us trying out for the challenge anytime soon. Well, V and V just coughs. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Atalanta goes, please sit. Uh, she indicates like several like chairs scattered about uh, a table. Several of, the, several of the chairs are like broken, like smashed on the ground, presumably from a Mars rage. Um, and you see like a couple of like, guards come forward and like start to like strike the debris from the space. And Atalanta goes, I'm so sorry you had to witness that disgrace. It's been hard for us, for all of us, since the cataclysm. Harder for the people, I'm sure, but being a ruler has its own unique challenges as well. You say you want to help. Well, you won this derby, which <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know too much about the details. I just know it happened in the court. I didn't exactly approve it. I think Bomba signed off on it while she was having fun. But, um, well, congratulations on winning. And uh, I'm impressed that you would want to use your prize to continue to help people as opposed to ask for gold or favors or land or horses or perhaps a pet tiger that can speak and do tricks for you. Oka looks like they're going to say something and then they think better. <laughs> Yes, these are all things that people have asked me for in the past as a champion, and I've said yes to some and no to most. But if I'm wow. to be honest, first, actually, introductions. I am Atalanta. What are your names? Uh, Manaya. She, her. Oka. Cardi Quirk. Vicky. Okay. V. <laughs> you can call me V, though. You can call me V. All right. I also go by she, her, though in the past I've gone by many other mantles. You look familiar. 
and Atalanta's gaze settles on you, Dewey. Can't quite... Have we met before? Uh, I don't know. Just one of those faces. Uh, no, why would I have met a champion before? You did the Nabalian salute. I assume you're familiar with our customs. I've lived here. I don't think... Uh, not super involved in the challenges, though. Okay, make a deception check. <laughs> uh, I think there's a look of horror that passes over Oka's face as she goes, I, I think I know you, but uh, then like maybe her eyes go down toward Dewey and not up toward them, and they like, <sighs> and then they like look at Dewey like, what the fuck? Wait, hold on, what? <laughs> what did you a get? 14. A 14. Uh, Oka, why don't you mark inspiration for your response? I thought that was very funny. Uh, and Manaya, take inspiration for introducing yourself with your pronouns. That was a great touch. Atlanta goes, hmm, okay. But she doesn't seem to be entirely, like, sold on it yet. Uh, however, she turns her attention to more pressing matters and says, I'm pleased to hear none of you are interested in the championship. I don't envy those who are foolish or ambitious enough to partake this year. Though it might be in all of our best interests, if your interests align with mine, of course, which is to protect the people of Nabal, if you would actually enter the championship this year. You see, Clothal Island has a problem. A very, very big problem. Rumors already scatter through the streets of Rosso, and they take our people to the heart of the jungle. There are whispers of a carnival a pleasure fest, something even more fun, more rewarding, more gratifying than what Bacchanalia Beach can offer. But everyone who's gone to check out this carnival in the depths of the jungle has not returned. I've sent some of my best people in there, they haven't come back. Uh, Oka will kind of like look at the other party members and say, that sounds rather familiar, referencing the miners who disappeared into the mines. We have quite a lot of things that we're juggling as the leaders of Nabal, or rather I do, uh, but I hope to kill two birds with one stone here. Whoever is able to stop the carnival and hopefully return our people to the capital will be crowned the next champion. That will be the next challenge. Well, that seems rather easy, doesn't it, friends? I think we could manage that. Uh, Manaya ignores that uh, <laughs> and says champion I I think I can speak for all of us when I say we desperately want to help but I can also speak for all of us when I say that none of us are interested in taking your place we are travelers and we have many things we need to do around Andake and none of us can settle down to try to run this country I certainly can see your perspective. I don't envy my successor. They will inherit this mess. I, in fact, consider myself very fortunate that my term is ending this year. I see. The laws and traditions dictate that whoever wins the championship challenge must be crowned champion, but I suppose there's nothing preventing the champion from passing a law that passes their rule over to someone else. If you catch my drift. Would that not take time? Would it not go through many people? 
Champion has ultimate authority over everything. If you want it to happen in a minute, it will happen in a minute. I think we may be getting ahead of ourselves here, though. We may not be interested in, well, what is it about the carnival that is so perplexing to you? Is it that people don't come back? Is it, what is it? I need, can you, can you tell us more? Well, there's the fact that people don't come back. There's also the fact that we don't know anything about it outside of that. Because anyone who's ever tried to go close enough to just take a look and return has not returned. Does it move? Do we know where it is? Somewhere in the depths of Clothau. I don't know if any of you would know this, but the northern side of the island, uh, the untamed wilds of Clothau, have been marked off many years ago by a previous cha- uh, champion to be a wildlife preserve. Uh, and it was law and has continued to remain law uh, that no people can go in there, set up camp, build homes, try to settle it. It's only for endangered species and, and animals that need protection. That's where the carnival is. Since the cataclysm a few months ago, has anything come out of the forest? The jungle? No. Only rumors of distant screaming and laughter. Champion, are you aware of the other anomalies that have come up in the other regions of Andake since the beginning of the Cataclysm? I have heard tale, certainly, of strange things happening in every country. I heard that actually the rage in Dabathati in the Republic was stopped recently by a a group of people that went as soon as they came. That's as far as I know. I'm a little busy. My hands are rather full here with Nabal's problems. Um, Oka is trying to get a read on Atalanta. Is she being kind of like forthright with us? Like, does she, does it seem like maybe we actually know more than she does about the, like the shards, the echoes, etc.? Yeah. Why don't you roll insight? 21. That new plus four proficiency is baller. Okay, I will answer your question, and you also get to ask a follow-up with a 21. Uh, She seems to be very forthright, actually. Uh, She seems to be laying all her cards on the table, and you get the sense that this is out of, like, I mean, her turn is about to end, fuck it, you know, sort of situation. I'll just tell these randos what's going on, because they might be my last hope, you know? Um, And also, like, she doesn't seem to care so much about, like, power and politics, etc. Her heart seems to be genuinely to, like, help the people of Nabal. That's her primary concern. You can ask a follow-up question if you want. Uh, Uka's considering, like, just telling her who we are. Would we, like, get laughed out of the room? She appears sincere. Uh, If you're like, we're paragons and we're here to save Andake because this is our destiny, is definitely kind of a reach and there's other people in the room so you might want to reconsider like telling her in confidence um but of all the people you've met she is very likely to listen oh okay i'm sorry i'm thinking there are so many important questions to ask um if anyone else has any other questions you can ask them first uh v would probably actually ask in seriousness uh what has been your relationship been like to the chrysalis during all of this? Oh, chrysalis, a thorn in our side. 
as far as I'm aware, and as far as I care, they're just a group of cultist lunatics. They claim to worship the chrysalis. Uh, I think it's a. I think they're just a bunch of con people taking advantage of a desperate situation. They seem to offer help and food and assistance and medicine, all things we desperately desperately need. But they also force people to join their group, to swear allegiance to their fake god and renounce God and Nectus. They're a thorn in our side, but they're not the biggest threat. There are other things more dangerous than them. I mean, carnivals ostensibly have to be put on by someone. Are there other groups of people you suspect have involvement in it? I don't know. My best guess is it has to do with the cataclysm. The carnival started after the vanishing. It's probably some horrible night monster. Manaya turns to the party and says, Well, you know what they say. One's a happenstance, two's a coincidence, three's a pattern. Uh, I don't like to not be forthright with people, uh, champion. We are working under an organization known as EGG, I think. Um, uh, Dr. Eluso, Hitsagatid Eluso, they tried to go. Have you talked with them? They said that they had tried. Is this true that Dr. Eluso tried to come to the championship to talk to the champion? (laughs) They would have tried to contact you some many months before the cataclysm they were studying it and now we working under them are well trying to fix what has been broken ah yes that's why that name is so familiar to me uh i feel so foolish i had been contacted by this Hitsaguten person. Technically, my regent had been contacted, mentioned it offhandedly, but I thought it was one of their many ravings and ramblings. Did you know about the cataclysm before it happened? Of course not. I think it may be best for you to keep the um, the chrysalis at bay. The chrysalis that they worship i think may be connected to the heart of the cataclysm itself what are you getting at what do you know about the chrysalis uh oka would just kind of like turn to v to let her take this one yeah so back what feels like forever ago i brought myself to the home of the chrysalis in telemod and Their process for inducting people involves signing a contract, which seems to have probably magical properties that binds people to becoming enslaved by them. And then they're breeding horrible creatures in their basement that feed on, on people. And it seems like they have a vested interest in getting ahead of other groups about understanding the monstrosities that are presenting themselves in Endake since the Cataclysm, and, you know, it seems as if their leader, Adam, is trying to get his piece of the pie, as we might say. What? They're weaponizing the Shadow Monsters. I don't know if they've made it to this island, but they had to be trusted. 
They can even make them look very human. They're worshipping the empty monsters. <laughs> so that's what the chrysalis is. You're sure all of this is correct? You confirmed it with your own eyes. I met their leader myself, and I am lucky to be alive. I see. <laughs> well, it appears the four of you are not just winners of some race. Perhaps fate is what brought all of us together today. The last thing I want to do is brag to you, my champ, to you, champion. But if you need proof of our abilities, the rage in Talmud was quelled by our hands, as well as the profane undeath in the court. <laughs> so that was the four of you as well. Fascinating. It almost feels like we're living in... I don't know. It almost feels like we're living in a heroic age again. Children's stories. I can scarce believe it myself. <laughs> yes, like we're in the Paragon War or something. Well, I wonder if the Chrysalis are the ones behind the disappearances on the Dragonfang Coast. If what you say is true, Vicky, I'm sorry, V, and members of the Chrysalis are stealing away vulnerable people to feed to these shadow beasts in some twisted blood ritual, that would certainly explain the disappearances. But I don't think it would explain the carnival. Those anomalies and the Chrysalis are more like a vulture and a corpse, not so much a together situation. I there see. are folks out there uh, creating, enabling, if not creating these anomalies. I think they're more capable than the chrysalis. Oh, I meant anomalies like the like the rage and stuff and the profane and death, not so much the okay. monsters. Okay. I s it appears that the four of you have access to quite a lot of sensitive and uh, highly desired information. Tell me everything you know. And she like jet like moves flicks her wrist to dismiss her advisors, and even the guards turn and leave the chamber uh, until it's just the five of you alone. So, do the four of you tell Atla Atalanta what do you tell her? These anomalies. The rage, the profane undeath, and I imagine whatever this false carnival is, they're caused by what remains of the eight, the echoes of Vanash and the Raven Queen. When you say that we're living in a age of paragons, you may be more right than Maybe you wish to be. You mean to tell me that the anomalies that are hurting people and vanishing people all across Endake are caused by the gods? Shreds that still, I don't know, fell into this uh, plane when the cataclysm happened. We don't really understand, but I can prove to you that that's what they are. What do you mean? Okay, it's going to take us. They're not going to use Vinash. Okay, so uh. nobody get bananas here. Uh, but I think that they like the longer that Vinash is in them, even though it's like a parasitical kind of relationship, I think that there is some kind of relationship developing where like Oka can call on Vinash and not expend so much energy. Um, so I think that they kind of like back up, you know, kind of into the shattered remains and they just like drop their focus down 
um, and they're like the, the like room gets like that tense uh, like heaviness of like static uh, as their hair, which is now long, you can see in the nice art over here, uh, starts to like raise, you know, like very Studio Ghibli for a second. Uh, and their once blue eyes are like now like tinged with like red veins, I think. Uh, as this like red electricity starts to like spark up and off their arms and they just like like flare up in this like hot red electricity okay Atalanta gets up out of her throne and you see she somehow produced like a, a, a trident in one hand like to like in like a defensive position as like like red static sparks off of your skin and like your hair stands up you know, Oka says, I'm not going to hurt you. And there's like this tiniest underlay of this like deep rumbling mountainous voice. Okay. And I think Atalanta recognizes what you just did for what it is, that there is an echo of Vinash inside you. Uh, and she sort of like staggers backward, like clutching her trident uh, and says, but how? I don't understand. How could this, how can this be? Uh, and it takes some time for, like, Oka to, like, calm down again, you know? Because it's, like, they get, like, angry almost. And their, like, fingers, like, start to shake with anger. Like, at, like if they have to give a little to get a little, I think. Um, so as they, like, are trying to, like, recenter themselves, like, and, and bring it all down, they would let somebody else feel that question, I think. When the world and its people are threatened by a great calamity, heroes find a way to appear and do what they can do what we can it was and i think oka like still kind of like seething with this rage you know from behind Manaya, like kind of behind Manaya's like it was never a fucking choice um and it, they kind of like as they're like coming down a little and Manaya steps back and puts a hand on their shoulder you are chosen by the war god no no No, I'm not, but we were chosen by one of the eight, each of us. You mean to tell me the four of you are paragons? Oka just kind of like looks at her, you know, like I showed you, you know. I see. And like she like lowers the trident um, and she like whisks it with her hand and then it just vanishes out of existence. Um, And she sits back down on the throne but like, there's like a like a fate like, you just like shattered her worldview, you know. Like this is not this is like saying that like Jesus Christ is real and you prove it, you know, sort of situation. So she's sitting down on the edge of the throne, like taking all this shit in, um, you know, like uh like idly touching this like crown of like kelp. I think that's like wound around her pearlescent horns. Uh, and as she considers this, do any of the four of you cut in to say anything else? Uh, after maybe like 45 seconds or like a minute of slightly awkward contemplative silence Manaya speaks up and she says champion Atalanta there are few pressing questions we have for you chief among them this carnival this anomaly that's happening in your country secondary with the knowledge that we are paragons we know there are others out there there are four of us. We've met one that makes five. We're looking for three more. Do you have any leads, any people who stick out, anyone who could help us 
reverse or help this cataclysm at all? Uh, I have to think about this, certainly, Manaya. Um, so you're, which, to which gods are you pledged? I am a proud Uhan and paragon of Mahu. Sen, although I think we're still trying to figure those two out. I've been having dreams of Scald and Nectis lately. I haven't, uh, you know, pledged any, uh, and then I think someone elbows you and he's like, uh, Galtanger, probably, best guess. I think her response is like, you, Scott and Nectis, you, Galtanger, <laughs> like, like, is like the more unbelievable one. Uh, but she pauses and says, uh, V, I, are you from the championship? Uh, I don't understand you. I, I'm sorry, it's just the paragons of yore. Some of them had humble beginnings, I suppose, but they were always, well, they were paragons of their gods. They represented the best of them. I've come from Jukai, but I have been wandering in Dake for a very, very long time. I rather like to think that shattered gods deserve rather shattered paragons. Well... If all of what you're telling me is true, and something in my heart is telling me that it is, then it is my duty as the champion of Nabal to assist you on your quest to restore balance to Andake. I will do everything in my power to help. We thank you for your kindness, and I believe, do you might have one more? And Maniah, like, subtly gestures to her wrist. Yeah, so I might explode at any time. What? Um, this is a unwanted gift, uh, let's say. Hoping you can have some insight on that once this is, once we deal with the carnival? Unless do, we, I'm... do you want to bring up the ingredient that is native to the championship that she might know where it is? Ingredient? Yeah, because remember, uh, when you talked to the book owner, uh, she'd given oh, you a yeah. list of ingredients okay. from each, each area, so you would know what it is. Okay. If you want to yeah. bring it up, I can tell you what it is. Sure. Okay. Uh, so you would know, you've studied this recipe for freedom <laughs> quite a lot, I think, over the past couple of weeks. Um, and the one from the championship is an old rune stone. It's basically like a a piece of like ancient technology, like back from like the age of giants and dragons uh, that is rumored to be buried somewhere uh, within the championship uh, and to contain a lot of like magical powers. Uh, so he shows her this textbook of sorts that's been like scribbled and annotated all over the place. And he's like, uh, so do you think this carnival in the middle of a forest is going to have any underground places this would be hidden. Do you like open up the textbook and show the drawing of the runestone? Yeah. Underground places. Well, what underneath Clathow Island is in your lake. Uh, that rune looks familiar, though. I've definitely seen it somewhere before. I feel like I've seen it in the capital. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, and she gets up and retreats behind the throne and comes out a couple of moments later with a, a business card. Uh, that she hands to you and says, I'm pretty sure this person 
markets and prosthetics made from ancient technology and hands you the business card uh, of Tonga, uh, a name that you would recognize. Uh, great. I'll take a look later. Uh... They, uh, this person owns a shop uh, in the capital, uh, somewhere by uh, the, uh, the, the storm tower. Yeah, I, I know where it is. Um, I mean, I probably have seen it. I've been in the capital before. It's, I, cool, thanks. I feel like perhaps we are used to Dewey's bumbling at this point and can kind of like discern it. What's, can I, would it be okay with you, Max, if I rolled some insight to see how sure. Dewey's doing? Is that okay, Connie? <laughs> yeah, go for go it. Go for it. 15 total. Okay, with a 15, okay, you can ask a question of Dewey, and Dewey, it's up to you if you want to answer truthfully or not. Is Dewey doing that fun little thing where he's hiding some part of his past that is like kind of like alarming, you know, like I worked for the URL or I have a bomb watch or I have a daughter. Uh, yeah, he's he you saw him like look at the business card for like half a second, like not even looking at the address or whatever, and then like putting it away. Uh, so you gathered this is a person, he, a person in place that he knows. Interesting. Very interesting. Oka notes that for later. Oka will remember this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, after this exchange with Dewey, Manaya Oka V, do you have any more follow-up questions for her as she's like reeling and taking in the fact that you're paragons? Uh, I think Oka would ask some like pretty simple questions about like what kind of anomalies have you like what other kind of anomalies have you seen? We heard about like lava and rocks, you know, like what kind of monsters come up out of here? Like what, like, tell me more about the people disappearing on the coast. Like, uh, a few more questions like that. Totally. Then I, in that case, I think Atalanta will give you a rundown of everything happening in the champion. Now that she knows that the four of you are like mythic, rumored, destiny-chosen heroes, she's willing to divulge some sensitive championship secrets. So she says, well, first of all, there are the constant unnatural magical disasters spread all across the championship that are destroying homes, displacing people, and even killing people who are caught up in it. Firestorms, fissures splitting open, um, sudden snowstorms in the middle of the scrublands, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, of course, there are the night monsters. It's what we call them. Uh, terrorizing people all across uh, the championship as well. The scrublands, Brittlefinger Woods, the Azure Grovelands, and of course, Dragonfang Coast to the south. These night monsters, I've heard all sorts of reports. Uh, creatures made of that resemble hands made of shadows uh, with huge biting mouths, uh, gigantic creatures with huge beaks that peck peck you out from the middle of the sky and fly off with your limp body, uh, huge bumbling, I don't know, like tank-like creatures with spikes coming out of their armored shells that they place bodies onto. It's horrifying. I mean, Andake has always been home to a host of magical monsters and creatures, but nothing like these ever. And then, of course, there's the chrysalis, another thorn in our side, and the fact that magic users are losing magic, seemingly at random. Um, and, of course, the disappearance, disappearances of people by the South Shore, the Dragonfang Coast, that's unrelated to the carnival, but now I think might be because of the chrysalis. And then, of course, the carnival. At the mention of the monsters, specifically the ones with hands and mouths, Manaya uh, sort of curls up a little bit and starts rubbing her arms. Uh, I think Oka would make a few notes about any monst like monster descriptions that they hadn't come across, but those all seem rather familiar. So they're also making note that 
There are only so many forms of these monsters so far, uh, but they do make any notes of new ones. Yes, one of the new ones she described seemed to be like, the way she described it, like a huge armored turtle with spikes coming out of the shell that every time they like killed someone, they would like put the corpse like on the spikes. You know, and like other like I think she also describes like other monsters you haven't heard of before. And let's say, um, Oka, because you are a resident monster hunting expert, uh, you can mark down three tallies uh, somewhere on your character sheet. You can spend any one of these tallies at any time when I describe a monster you haven't encountered before to say I actually know this monster. Atalanta describes it, and I know a weakness. Oh shit! Damn <laughs> <laughs> right again. All right. Your monster knowledge tallies. What should I call this box? My monster box? My 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 monster my monster dating sim oh checkbox? <laughs> my mon my monster manual. Oh, that's gonna be anyway, go on. Okay. Uh, okay, that's what you ask Atalanta about. Manaya V? I think V's kind of when she was talking about herself and uh coming from Jukai, I think she's a little bit lost in her memories, actually. If we uh -huh. want to do a V backstory. <laughs> that segue into a V backstory flashback. Okay. That sounds good to me. Uh, but before we do that, go ahead, Manaya. Yeah, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, maybe like as we're walking out, um, Manaya says, Champion, I, our priority, of course, first and foremost, is helping the people, stopping this carnival. And we will do so to the best of our abilities on... On a more personal note, there's about three decades ago, there was a magical occurrence on the South Shores, Dragonfang Coast. I don't know where it was, and I was wondering if you knew where I might start. What kind of magical occurrence? I was a young girl then. And Manaya like pauses for a moment as she thinks to the princess, um, <laughs> "Don't kill me for saying this." Um, Manaya, as, what are you doing, Manaya? <laughs> you hear the princess in your head, but like as you like shake her off, like or, like her voice fades back. Report of a small girl changing the seasons. That I guess started somewhere in southern Nabal. Oh, yes, that does sound familiar. The turning of the leaf. Yes. Suddenly, the seasons changed one day. I wasn't there, but I'd heard rumors of it. I had a couple cousins living on the Dragonfang Coast then. And when they visited us at the capital, they talked about all the leaves changing colors, the weather growing warmer. It was beautiful. Do you, do you know where it was? Well, my cousin was from a town that had heard about it from the nearby town, which was close to where the turning of the leaf had occurred. Ah, yes. Um, and she gives you the name of a seafaring town on the Dragonfang Coast. And I think the name of this place is, uh, is Oberon. Fairy King, where the Fey Princess of Leaves happened to make an appearance. I see where, I see where you're going from. Thank you, champion, for indulging a selfish request. Of course, any help or assistance I can render is, I swear it on my name and on my honor as a champion. And 
Manaya, is everything okay? You look distraught. I wasn't alive back then, but the turning of leaves was important in my family's history, and I'd like to visit and pay respects. Of course. You said you were from Wuhan, though, right? <laughs> Do you have family in the championship? I... Not anymore. My mother passed through years ago, but... My condolences. I'm sure her spirit lives on in you. Uh, and maybe on that, we, we like, pan to, like, V's kind of, like, zoned out face, right? As all this conversation about gods and destiny and family and love is, like, swirling around her. And we zoom in on V's face. What is the expression we zoom in on, V? Um, I would say just, like, glassed over eyes, really. She's imagining um, a time perhaps about 85-ish years or so ago. Um, so V would be in her mid-twenties. Um, Q, external shot, the god spine, perhaps. Um, <laughs> can I just, like, go yes, with go something? Yes, go for it. I've... Run with it. Right. Go for it. So... We we see the god spine, right? And there's all these little caves here and there, and you can see perhaps this little white elf coming out of one cave, looking around, maybe you know, crawling up here, going there, trying another cave. Hours later, you see coming out from one cave. V is just exploring all of these caves she can find in the god spine. She's looking for her father, the white dragon, that her mother spoke about on her deathbed um about eight seven uh, eight or so years ago seven or eight years ago and she's looking she's looking she's in a cavern she cuts into a cavern she's using ray of frost it's kind of you know wet cavern she's using ray of frost it's one of the first spells she ever was able to produce it's how she sort of discovered her magical abilities and is like freezing the water to get across you know underground rivers and everything and she's she's looking she's looking it's a very cold cave almost ice like so she's thinking perhaps if he's a white dragon you know the little bit of mythology that does exist about dragons these white dragons would probably be near the cold so she's looking and looking and um she gets to perhaps a doorway of some type, but it's like, it's kind of been caved in and she's casting ray of frost on everything and trying to like break things away, break things down. And, um, a little, she's trying and trying and the working herself up, working herself up, her mage hand starts to like come out of her hand and starts like helping clear away the rubble. And she manages to get in. She's really excited because she's never gotten, in fact, she, as she's doing, she thinks she hears, rumbling from inside that you know perhaps from a large creature and she's excited because she's spent weeks months perhaps even a couple of years she's not she doesn't look like she normally does she's not in some nice outfit she's very much in rag she's very disheveled um she's kind of a shadow of the v that you know her today and she finally gets in there and she hears the rumbling sounds, rumbling sounds. She looks around. 
she sees the shadow on the wall is very large and she like has to kind of go around the corner and there's it's nothing there it's just a little opening mm-hmm. that casts shadows on the rocks to look like a dragon on the wall and she just she starts crying she falls to her knees she starts talking out loud you know i almost i almost believed mother when she was dying that you existed i was foolish enough to maybe believe that for once in her life before she died she told me the truth but we i know now that there's nothing in these caves there's nothing in these mountains there's just nothing there's nothing more here for me there's nothing here in my home there's nothing here in Jukai there's nothing in Andake for me I've had a mother tell me constantly that I was special that I had a destiny And as far as I know, if there is such a thing as gods, they must not be anywhere near Andake. They must be off doing other things. Not interested in the going-ons of Andake. I really wanted to believe that you were somewhere here, Father. I really wanted to believe that at least someone actually cared about me. And I wanted to believe that maybe I was special. But obviously I was fooled. Obviously that was just delusions from an unhealthy woman. So I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to never return. I'm going to never let anybody ever get away with telling me a lie. And if there's anybody who's going to get one over on the next person, it's going to be me. I'm going to always make sure that I and I alone am taken care of. And B cries a little bit more. And after, you know, some time, her tears have subsided. She's breathed. Her breath returns. She stands up. She wipes away. She takes a deep, deep breath. And she turns... From when she came, she walks towards that door and when she steps through that door, she becomes the V. She, any semblance of her old life is gone. She forgets about it. She, she sets about becoming whoever she needs to be at any given time for her own survival. And we slowly slide back to V's eyes. They start to focus. 
she shakes off the memory and she joins her friend out as they are in that room. That was awesome. Uh, take a point of inspiration for that, Erica. That was amazing. <laughs> um, I think if I might add a little bit of spice to that, uh, mm-hmm. before we, we, we pull back to your eyes, even though that was a beautiful transition on the closing of the door, uh, we pan like deeper into this chamber, right? Like where you were standing. And then we pan past that uh, to the back of the cavern, sort of in like a dingy iced over corner uh, that you didn't bother to check. We see a glittering white scale. Uh, and then we flash back to the present uh, where V, you're standing there. And then like, I think the noise and the hubbub of all the conversation and Atalanta's troubled voice like comes back. You know, it's like, it's like you were like a, a warrior in the trenches and a bomb went off and like your your hearing sort of like escaped you. Now it's like coming back in vibrations. And then you, you gather yourself uh, to hear Atalanta go, well, thank you. Thank you to the four of you for deciding to use your powers for good, to help restore balance to Andake, to bring it together from its sundered state. I know many people, unfortunately, in my own uh, domains employ who, upon discovering they were Baragons or blessed with this divine power, would probably run off with it, do nothing but help themselves. Though I suppose someone like that wouldn't have been chosen to be a Paragon in the first place. Uh, uh, you thank you great. graciously okay. for the compliment, champion, but none of us have found our shards of the gods we are Paragons of, and... Oka hurts every time they try to use Vanash, which is why we're trying to look for the Paragons, to give Vanash and Yudabathi to their rightful owner and gather our own little team of eight to hopefully combat this. We've brought together the Raven Queen and her Paragon, but so far that's, that's it. It's the only other person we found. I see. Well, I know you asked me if I had any leads on potential paragons, but I only know of people who have accomplished great deeds. Uh, so if a paragon is here and they were a pearl in the rough, I doubt I would have heard about them. Uh, I am aware of the most likely championship hopefuls for this year. People who, regardless of what the challenge would be, have been training their entire lives, or at least for the past five years, to take the throne. I can tell you about those people. I can also certainly set the four of you up with um, rooms here in this tower, the the best rooms available, uh, so that you might recuperate and recover and and spend your time there when you're not busy trying to save the world, of course. Um, And if this timeline works for the four of you. My plan, as well as my advisor's plan, was to announce the championship challenge at the end of Dragon, which is this month. Should give you a couple of weeks to prepare. I think that prep time would do us well, at least to get acclimated with Rosso and, well, everything. And of course, I think it would do us well to talk more I'm sure we've <laughs> overloaded you with information. Perhaps we can meet again. Yes, let us meet again, perhaps tomorrow in, in the morning. I, I need to take all this information back and think about what to share with my advisors and what not to share. 
Thank you for entrusting me with this information. It was the right thing to do. Thank you for being so open. It's it's a nice change of pace to have someone in a position of power on our side. Of course. I'm not the same person who won the championship five years ago, and I'm grateful for that. All right, well, then I'll get the four of you situated in your rooms. Do you prefer separate rooms, or do you all wish to room together? Is there a preference? Well, I don't want to take up room unnecessarily, considering that there are plenty of people who need rooms, but I'll take whatever space is available. We're, we're used to sharing rooms. Especially when those rooms are tents in the wasteland. <laughs> Well, I, I don't want our paragons to have to sleep in tents in the wasteland. Don't think of us as your paragons, please. We're just here to help. Understood. Though, I know our situations are hardly comparable, but being the champion of one of the eight powers of Andake, I can tell you this. Once you ascend to a certain level of responsibility and power, your life is no longer your own. My life belongs to the people, and your lives belong to Endake. I'll get you set up with rooms. Uh, and is there anything else you would like to talk to her about before she like brings guards in and like gets you situated in the tower? I think we're good. Okay. So maybe on that speech of hers, like uh, Atalanta claps her hands, and uh, the gar- guards re-enter the room, advisors re-enter the room, and I think the four of you are whisked out, right, by like a, a small retinue of, of armed pa- palace guards, basically, uh, who lead you back down uh, through the throne room, and then you can hear the three advisors beginning to fight again uh, in front of Atalanta. She just goes, can we save this for tomorrow? And I think that's like the, the thing we end on as like the doors close uh, on uh, that throne room. Actually... Yes. Might, I, might I amend that scene a little bit? Yeah, what's up? Uh, as, this, as the door is closing, and as these guys come in and start uh, arguing again, uh, Manaya's hand clenches around her axe. Um, and she turns around and is going to throw it at their feet to get them to stop arguing. Because okay. they're just going around in circles. Okay. Uh, what are you trying to do with, to make them stop arguing and what? Make them stop arguing and talk a little more calmly. By throwing a huge weapon at them? Okay. (laughs) Uh, roll intimidation. Athletics. Uh, so let's say this is a strength intimidation roll. Strength intimidation. 19. Okay. Uh, describe to me what it looks like. Uh, so Manaya whips around uh, and throws her axe. Uh, at their feet and says talk calmly or not at all there's a lot going on in this country and the people need you to be level-headed uh, i think silence falls you know as like yang and amar are like oh they like yip and they like jump jump away uh from the axe as it like splinters i think like the wood you know at their feet um uh and zora uh, who I didn't name yet, but that's the name of this like uh, older gnome woman who was just still sipping tea. Uh, she chuckles. She goes, hee, hee, hee. oh, I like this one. Um, and Amar goes, my champion, are you really going to let some stranger from who knows where threaten one of your top advisors? Amar, please 
Now's not the time, and you have been getting on everyone's nerves. Heed her words. Manaya, if you don't mind retrieving the axe. Right. And Manaya, uh... I want to be Thor with this. Fuck it, I'm Thor. Uh, and Manaya reaches her hand out, and the axe wiggles a little bit, and then unlodges itself and flies back into her hand, as it is now her bonded weapon. Oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, I think Yang and Amar both gasp oh, as like the, the, the axe vibrates and then like swivels back into your palm. Uh, and Amar goes, why I never great Scott and Nectus, this kind of arrogance inside our very halls. Manaya's walking. You, you will rue this day. You will rue the day you crossed me, big woman. Uh, Amar's shouting after you. And here, Atalanta, go, please, enough, Amar. Haven't you learned your lesson? Guards, let's scrub that out of the varnish. Uh, as the doors begin to close behind you all. Uh, Oka, was there something you wanted to say or do? No, I was just hype. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, Devin, why don't you take a point of inspiration for that oh, intimidation move uh, and the very, very cool Thor hammer moment? Just anything to get the administration of this country to do something. <laughs> Instead of just like bigger. she's had enough of she's had enough of Bamba neglecting her duties. She's had enough of these advisors arguing. She's just done. Okay. And maybe on that, like we like the doors close and like we see our four heroes like like silhouettes like against the closing of the door. Podcast editing is by Marisa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.